Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office equipment solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Everybody, orders now. Bob Stoffer with you in Los Gatos, California. I'll be honest, going to make the trek into Santa Clara tonight to go watch the NCAA National Championship game. Looking forward to it. Jack Michaels and myself, Sean May. Some guests on our show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse, now open for lunch Monday through Friday at 11.30 a.m. Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 99.90. Jasper Avenue, tell Rebecca and the staff Oilers now sent you. One of these days we'll get John Shannon at GC from Roos Chris, but when he's in Edmonton and he often is, because he stays right at the Weston um, I, st- I still Chris, go to Roos Chris. I still go to Roos Chris, even without my gift certificate I know, you're you're a loyal customer, and Brendan Connolly and the gang at Roos Chris appreciate it John, how crazy of a weekend was that for the Edmonton Oilers? Before we talk about that now that you're right, you're going to the football game tonight. Yeah, you got to be. You got to be taking Clemson, right? <laughs> you can't take the evil. You can't take the evil empire, can you? You can't take Darth Vader, can you? You know better than to ask that. I like you're organizations take, that that have. You're not taking Alabama, are you? You're not taking Alabama, are you? This guy. He wins tonight. There's no debate. He's the greatest coach in college football history. Oh, come and on. He, come on. Look, who's better? No, there are, there are dozens better. Come on. Don't give don't don't bite into the into the stuff about Nick Saban, please. Come on. How good was Michigan State when he was there? How good was LSU when he was there? And what has he done at Alabama over the last duck decade? It's been unprecedented. You're having fun with me. I know that. 120 Division One programs plus now. It's not like it was when there was only 50 or 60 teams competing for a national championship, and it got voted on. Now it's real. They're in it every year. And obviously he knows how to recruit. And when you watch the NFL on Sunday, you see all their players. He has a structure and process where he gets the best players, and then he coaches those best players and gets them ready to play on Sunday. And now he's got a quarterback that can he can uh, flip it, man. And so uh, this just, could, just, just that, I'm going to take I'm taking Clemson just for that I'm taking Clemson. Okay. Straight up. Straight up. For lunch at Ruth's Chris. 
Lunch at Roots Chris, straight up. You're taking Clemson. I'll take that bet all day. Okay, there you go. Okay, now let's talk about the roller coaster, okay? No kidding. I mean, I thought for a second there, you know, we were, we were over in Disneyland, and I was on California screaming with Tori, you know, because that's I'm the only one that's allowed, because my, my beautiful wife, as you know, and you are her favorite guest. You know that. That appears on yes, the show. Very kind. Yeah, so uh, it, it is, and it obviously shows, well, she married me, so we know she lacks judgment. But uh, the, the fact of the matter is, you know, my wife doesn't like the roller coaster. I kind of like the roller coaster, but that was a painful roller coaster this weekend. I mean, that's why, I guess that's why we play the games, John. I mean, the orders go in and lay a stink bomb against, yeah. you know, the team with the worst record in the NHL, the lowest scoring team in the NHL. And then they respond and beat a team that's kind of had their number, the Anaheim Ducks, one night later. Yeah, the only thing that I, I, I got out of Saturday night was it, 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 there were a couple of times in the last 10 where Ken Hitchcock could have probably gone off and didn't and Saturday night this gave him full 100% 100 proof license to go off on the team uh, and I think they needed it I, I think they, they needed to get a, a, a gut full of energy uh, just like the fans have tried to give them but this time it was the head coach who I think has been rather kind to them at least publicly, maybe trying to coddle them a little bit publicly. And Saturday night, uh, they got it both barrels from Ken Hitchcock, and at, at least they responded. Yeah, they did respond. Um, do you believe that certain teams just have other teams' numbers? I mean, like for Edmonton to come down here to play Los Angeles, to play Anaheim, like Peter Shirelli, in theory, when he took over the orders, what did he say? I need to beat a, beat a team or build a team that can win in the Pacific. The league moved in a different direction. Because um, I wonder how much of it's a byproduct of the, the days of the Kings and the Ducks bullying the Edmonton Oilers. Brian Burke admitted Anaheim did it physically and on the scoreboard at times against Edmonton. He's admitted that on the air when he was, uh, you know, GM of the Ducks. and. Or is it more of a byproduct? Because Hitch talked about the fact that the orders need to be snapped to attention sometimes, and 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 there's just this—I forget the exact word he used—but there's, you know what I mean? Like sometimes I think the orders think they can just show up and, and beat teams, and then they they get a reality kick. What do you how think? Does, how how can how can that be? How can this, how can this team who has been so inconsistent think that they can walk into any arena and not have to work hard to play a game to win? That that's that's unthinkable to me. Uh, to answer the first part, I, I I really I've put it on the shoulders over the years, and you, Bob, you've seen all the games. I haven't seen all the games. Uh, I think Corey Perry, when he was healthy and when he was playing at his best, and Ryan Getzlaff, who who has never received. Uh, continent-wide, the attention he deserves for being a great player, and he's on the backside now, we know that. But these two guys used to toy with the Oilers. Ryan Getzlaff used to, used to toy with them. I mean, it was... Uh, and, and whether it goes back to a kid from Saskatchewan probably wanting to be an Oiler at some point in his life, Ryan Getzlaff um, just used to, used to just make a mockery of this team. And he did a few other teams, too. He did to the Flames as well, and he did to Vancouver. He used to love playing those three Western Canadian teams. So from that perspective, uh, I, it's, not a, it's not much luck. It's just the, the ability and the confidence and the swagger to know that, hey, we're better than them. 
if, if Getzlaff plays his game. But you know what? There's, when you look at the Ducks, by the way, I mean, the, the panic that existed at Edmonton, uh, there's a bigger panic, and you know this now after being there, there's a bigger panic in, in, in Orange County than there is in Edmonton with, with, the, uh, with the way the Ducks have played, how poorly they've played. Uh, they're praying for Ricard Raquel to come back. If not for John Gibson, I shudder to think where that team would be, albeit they're in a playoff position now, but I, I suspect that won't last very long. John, 15 points fewer if they don't have John Gibson. Oh, it's I know. Not, it's not much. The, guy, the guy's got the highest save percentage of any active goaltender currently in the league. Like, in terms of career save percentage, he yeah. bailed them out. I mean, they had, in fairness to them, they had injuries. And he wasn't that good last night, but he's bailed them out all season. They're not that good. Like, that no. team is not that good. And Carlisle, unlike Hitchcock, Hitchcock, you know, comes from that Claire Drake school where you learn and you grow and you push yourself. To st- I'm not convinced that Randy Carlisle is a guy that's worried about when's the right time to blow up. You know, I and, and then they got an older they got an older team there too. But it's it it just with the Oilers, what's exasperating is it's almost like they got to be embarrassed and humbled every once in a while, and I think that's what drives the... Now, the other part about what drove the fans nuts against L.A., and you know what drive me nuts against L.A., is don't let them target your best guy. Uh, I know. I know. You know? Uh, and, like, and, you and built this... This has been a bit of a theme. This has been a bit of a theme. Uh, it didn't have to... It wasn't just L.A., uh, to me, I, I wonder, and, and this, this goes this goes throughout the organization, and we'll never know uh, everything that happens. But whether it be on the ice, whether it be behind the scenes, uh, talking to supervisors, whether it be uh, phone calls from Peter to uh, to Colin Campbell, um, uh, or heck, even you know Bob Nicholson to Gary Bettman, because uh, other teams do this all the time. Is, is who's going to protect Connor McDavid, uh, and how is it going to happen? This is one of those ones that, and and I've always been of the uh, uh, of the belief that Connor's biggest issue is that Connor just you know turns the other cheek. I want Connor to get mad too. I want Connor to push back too, and and perhaps we saw that last night uh, a little more than we did Saturday night. But uh, you know that's one of the things where you say, hey, you know the squeaky wheel gets. The attention gets the oil, and uh, I, I wonder how they're going to address that. And they should, they, like, they should be all over the league on a regular basis. How, why are you letting this happen to our player, the best player in the game? All right, so two things. Number one, I'm old school. So my answer to this is the Oilers should be protecting Connor. So when Drew Doughty elbows him in the face, flicks an elbow right in his chin, or when Jeff Carter picks him off on a blown line change where the Kings have too many men on the ice and corks Connor, somebody's got to go. I don't care how good those guys are. And you know what? Frankly, the Oilers fans have been incredibly sympathetic with the challenges of the lack of offensive production with Milan Lucic, okay? They could have buried him more, and they haven't because they have empathy for him, and they know that when he decides to do it, do that other part of the game, he does it about as well as anybody. And you know what? In fairness, McDavid's only missed one game due to illness since Lucic is here. But... 4 nothing game, runaway, ample opportunity to send a message back. That's what would have happened when Wayne Gretzky played. You would have, if you, do you think you could hit Wayne Gretzky like that? Uh, you, you wouldn't have lasted. 
you couldn't hit him if he, if he was up four nothing or down four nothing. So I mean, right? Uh, you, you, yeah, right? And, now the so rule. Now the, I, I agree uh, with you. Fair enough. I, I, I do fair agree. Enough. With you. I, I agree with it. I agree. With you. I, I would like to, but I, I mean, it, I mean, and it's on Milan for sure. Uh, but it's on everybody else too. I mean, and, and Hitch was right. The only guy that seemed to care and have the passion for it on Saturday was Darnell. Um, and you you can't put Darnell in that position all the time because, particularly until Kleppbaum gets back, they need that body. You can't yeah. have him sitting in the penalty box. Right. So other guys got to do it. And at least and last I mean, night, Alex I mean, Chason, Alex Chason tried to do it Saturday night a couple of times too. But that's sure. not in Alex Chason's DNA. There's no chance it is. But, you yes, know, that, but you, that, was, John, that was frustrating. John, Alex Chason is hungry. And some other guys are full. And that's part of it. So Hitch got the message across yesterday because everybody was engaged. In, I mean, you can make an argument on the on the play in the corner where McDavid engaged Lindholm about seven seconds prior to a hit and then hopped inside yeah. of Lindholm and then he gets cross-checked in the boards. Gambardella, you know, five years ago, Gambardella's jumping Lindholm in that situation. Like, he's literally taking the gloves off. I, I, sure. I can tell you right now, there's 600 guys I know in Edmonton that are, you know, various levels of profession, and if that was their Division One men's league team and somebody did that to their best player, they're jumping that guy too because that's just how guys, guys, you know, 30-plus are. A little bit different for some. I don't want to paint all young guys the same way, but it is a different time and a different game. But generally speaking, the response was there yesterday for the Oilers, and at least that combined with the goaltending uh, is, is something that, you know, we can look to as an improvement in their game. And the return of Chris Russell didn't hurt either. No. No, let's face it. Now, he was a little rusty, but uh, what it did do is it put a couple of defensemen down the ladder a little farther, and it, it, it created a little more balance within the blue line, and that's not a bad thing. So, John, let's go down the path, uh, a further path here. What do the Oilers do? Like, you have a situation where Alex Ovechkin is sitting there saying, hey, I, I put 13, 14 years into this league. I'm not going to the All-Star game. Some people have suggested to me what the Oilers should do is Connor McDavid should say, you know what? If you're not going to give me calls, I'm not going to go to your big event. Well, except that, I mean, that, that's a little different than Alex Ovechkin's situation. Um, because in, in the end, you're not. There's not going to be a memo out saying give Connor McDavid a break. What I think everybody, right. the, the biggest issue goes to back to what we've talked about is that Connor doesn't make it look bad. Connor gets up too quick. Connor's back they in the game, yeah. and they don't. And, and he and they say, well, he obviously wasn't hooked that badly. You know, and he, he didn't get affected that badly. Connor, Connor does the. T and I and I, this is. This is me speaking of a guy in Canadian television. Canadian TV versus American TV. We do with 20 guys what they do with 100. Well, Connor McDavid plays it the Canadian way and works his tail off all the time and takes it and says, well, I better get back in the game. I don't want to complain. You know, and, and, and you know, it's about time he complained, too. I'm not sure about saying, give me a call for the not to go to the, the, the All-Star game is the right answer because that's not the Canadian way either. But yeah. I, would, I would suggest that I would suggest that the organization has to do a better job all the way along. Players' management of, of of saying, "Hey, listen, let's make sure Connor 
gets the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, yeah, all good. Uh, you know, and, and it's it, it is an interesting scenario. So here's the thing, John. So that's the McDavid position. It isn't coming. Like, does Wayne Gretzky get involved in this? Bob Nicholson, Peter Shirelli, do they continue down this path? The orders. I think it's a combination of things. I think the orders got to keep messaging with the league. But does yep. it speak to a bigger issue in hockey, John? That the league does not protect their star players. I know you would have seen. Well, I don't know if you would have seen the tweet I put out last night. But you hit a quarterback late today. It's an automatic penalty every time. All t- and, and half the time you're tossed out of games. You know, targeting yeah. rules in terms of guys. You know, receivers laid out. I mean, that sort of stuff. Oh, uh, that that sort of the stuff. Rules, I mean, the, the, rules, the, the rules of football, Bob. The rules of football, particularly the professional game, have been so. Uh, redefined and sculpted uh, to protect those players. There's no question football has done that, and it's been successful for football the way the game in, in the NFL is, is played right now. The, the question becomes, do you, in the overall, do you want to do that for any players in the game of hockey? That, and, and Because not every team is lucky enough to have a Connor McDavid. Mm-hmm. Not every team. And, and what if you have a team that has, th- has three of those? Do those do, do the do you protect that team more than you protect the, the Oilers? I mean, where do you draw the line? I mean, you ha- you, there has to be a standard. The the standard has to be kept. And I'm not suggesting the standards being kept, but that's you know that's the human aspect of officiating. And when you have 36 different referees, um, so uh, I understand what you're saying. I just don't know how you do it in the NHL. I mean, if you said right, well, that to a, the Toronto Maple, if you said that to the Toronto Maple Leafs, they'd be pr- protecting Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, John Tavares, and William Nylander, and then the Maple Leafs would have 17 more power plays than anybody else in the league, and then they'd be saying, "Well, we're catering to the Toronto Maple Leafs." I don't think you can do that. Okay, how about the the other argument is they got to do a better job at protecting the players when guys get cross-checked or played in the boards? Because I think that is a fair argument. Yeah, I, I do. I, I do. I'd love to know. I, I'd love to know what the dialogue is today between Stephen Walkham and that refereeing crew uh, in Anaheim last night. Uh, I mean, I saw everything that everybody else saw, and, and everybody talked about on social media. It appeared, it appeared that the referee's head was turned to the corner where McDavid and Lindholm were. Um, but did he see it? And the easy answer is, he, and, and the answer in 1978 would have been, well, I didn't see it. Um, but I'm not sure they can get away with that now. So that that becomes a discussion point. And and again, how and how the league handles that internally uh, is is one of those things where you say, listen, Connor was too far from the board. Uh, how much did he initiate? I, I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying I know how these people think and how they walk through things. Um, and I, you know, I, I didn't think it was suspendable, but I did think it was more of a penalty than than occurred. Yeah. Should the officials be? Uh, should media be allowed to uh, uh, interview officials? That's a really tough one. Um, uh, I would suggest in Stanley Cup Finals. In the Stanley Cup final, I would suggest there has to be an accountability for a a play or a a call, just as uh, they do in uh, the World Series uh, with umpires. 
There is a, yep. a, 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 a pool reporter goes in and does an interview with the, with the umpires and then, and then basically supplies the transcript to everybody to say here's what the, here's what the line was. Uh, I'm not sure you do that on a, on a game-by-game basis. Uh, and at the same time, I do think that there's the opportunity within the system to talk to uh, any referee in this league, his boss, Stephen Walkham, or to Colin Campbell to say, hey, what was the thinking process about this? Why, did, why was this the call? Uh, so I, I do think there are things in place that allow you to do that, but not directly talk to the referee on a daily basis. Okay. John, as always, we appreciate your time. Uh, we'll see what happens moving forward. And one final one for you, agree or disagree. Oilers, uh, I believe Edmonton's still looking for two forwards up front to improve their uh, forward groups. Do you agree with that? Oh, I think they're certainly looking forward to uh, looking looking to improve the forwards. The one thing I wouldn't agree with you is that what they're what they're prepared to trade for it. I don't think they would consider moving their first at any point. I do think okay. they would consider moving their I do think they would consider moving their second round pick. Okay. Good stuff, John. Appreciate your time. Okay. All right, Bob. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's John Shannon from NHL Hockey and Rogers. It's 1254 at Edmonton. We'll take a quick time out, and this is Oilers Now. This is Milan Lucic from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Ched. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's 1256 in Edmonton. A reminder, you can book with New West Travel. we still got a couple spots left on our road trips to Nashville and Vegas to see the Oilers play in two of the most exciting arenas in the NHL, these Oilers Now packages. Include airfare, accommodation, great game tickets, including a private suite in Vegas, all your transportation, a welcome reception with yours truly, and special guests, plus parking at the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. Limited space to get on these road trips to see Nashville and Vegas for the orders now. Road trips call the travel experts at New West Travel, 780-432-7446 or online at newwesttravel.com. Now, you can text us at 630 On our Heartland Ford text line, Heartland Ford out of Fort Saskatchewan. Bob, with the reports of Dougie Hamilton being on the block, could you see the orders making a play at this player? Thanks from Andrew. Another text out of uh, Edmonton saying, Bob, Dougie Hamilton is locked down 5.75 until 2021. He could solidify Edmonton's defense. Shirelli needs to make this trade agree or disagree. Here is my concern with Dougie Hamilton. I would need more information on him, Okay. Why is he always okay? So he's in Boston. He's a good defenseman. Then he goes to Calgary. Calgary's way better this year than they were last year. Now they've added some pieces, but it's not like and I, I'm a big Derek Ryan fan. But he hasn't knocked it out of the park. Um, James Neal hasn't knocked it out of the park. Obviously, Elias Lindholm's been excellent. And then on defense, I mean, I thought I thought Carolina won the deal when the trade was made. There's something I got to figure out with Dougie Hamilton, you know. So I want to, but if anybody should know, it should be Peter Shirelli, right? 
I mean, he drafted him. He had him in Boston. Would Hamilton give the Oilers a different dimension? Probably. Some might say Edmonton just needs to be patient with the D they got. Get Clefbaum back. Play Clefbaum with Larson. Play Russell, uh, who knows Ken Hitchcock's system, with Darnell Nurse. For now, play Jones with Petrovich. You've got a couple of right shot puck movers coming in Evan Bouchard, Joel Person. Joel Person currently playing over in Sweden. He'll be here next year. He might even be here at the end of this year when the Swedish Elite League is done. And you got Ethan Bear. You know, or is there a personal challenge that uh, Hamilton has uh, gone through? I don't know. So we'll, uh, we'll get to that a little bit later on. It's a fair question. Because he had terrific analytics the last couple of years in Calgary. 1258 in Edmonton, off to a global news weather traffic update with Cassandra Jodois. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.